0: Hi and welcome to the Psyche podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. hi everybody and welcome back and i promise i am gonna try and keep my waffling brief because we've got quite a long conversation uh, with luana on this week's episode so just a super quick update last monday i was feeling a bit blah <laughs> when i recorded it at the weekend um and i said i was going to be going to the gym uh, and a little update i went to the gym every day last week which Again, we, we've we talked about kind of fitness and movement before, and it's very much um, a personal thing and figuring out what works for you. The gym is something that does work for me. So this is not sort of saying this is what you must do. Um, but yes, I've been in every day this week. I've booked in for the next two weeks as well, actually. Uh, so in terms of COVID wise, uh, they've got really good um, procedures in place and distancing etc um and I created a program as I said and having a different program every day and a bit of variety has really helped with keeping on track because it's something new to look forward to it's not too much repetition I've had that amazing feeling in your body when you can kind of feel that your your muscles have been working uh, so yeah I've been I've been feeling good and something that um I discussed with a guest, I uh, can't remember who, <laughs> for an episode that's not come out yet. We talked about layering habits uh, and this idea that you can kind of link things to things you're already doing. So it could be um that, do you want to drink more water? So when you're making coffee, you have a glass of water at the same time. That's something I try and do uh, with mixed success. But I found actually having this one thing that I decided I was going to do, for my self-care, for my well-being of going to the gym has had this knock-on effect. So in order to go to the gym, I'm up at six, which is a nice change from when I used to be up at five (laughs) the gym, but still early. So in order to be able to function, I've been going to bed earlier. So I've been getting more sleep than I had before. So although I'm moving my body more, using more energy, I am also getting more sleep. Uh, I've been drinking more water and cutting down on caffeine. Partly also because i got a new coffee machine and it's much stronger coffee. (laughs) I had a bit of the heart flutters from that. So I've been learning caffeine, drinking more water. Uh, I've been eating more balanced, kind of cleaner food. Still some treats. um, I haven't been depriving myself. I've been thinking about it from a place of self-care and nurturing my body because I'm putting this effort in, in the gym. I'm looking after myself physically. I want to fuel myself in the right way. So... Having that one thing that I focused on that I was excited about, rather than kind of beating myself up and forcing myself to do, has then had this knock-on effect that other things that are great for self-care, great for well-being, have just fallen into place without a huge amount of conscious thought. So, I guess it's a it's that old saying, isn't it, that you um, you know, with fitness or whatever, if you commit to it, if you make changes, then other things will change as well and will be easier. So if you are also feeling a bit (laughs) blah, you might have started with me last week. And I'd love to know how you're getting on if you are trying to be more active in whatever way. And uh, yeah, keep going, you know, keep on that, that feel good feeling. And so I am going into this week, feeling less tired, more energized, and yeah, in a better headspace. And I, On Thursday this week, so I was sort of four days in, and I was having a power nap. I've had a couple of those this week as well, and and often in a power nap I won't sleep. I'll just kind of rest and and chill out. And I was thinking that I felt really calm, and I'd been feeling quite overwhelmed and a bit frantic the week before, and so actually I was feeling calm, and it was all of these things that I've just mentioned that had kind of stacked up but I was just feeling a bit more chilled and less hurried so it was yeah one simple decision I'm gonna go to the gym I'm gonna move in whatever way I want and then these other things just kind of accidentally fell in place and it could be for you that it's something else that makes everything fall into place maybe it's dying from what you beat maybe it's starting from having more fluid maybe it's starting from journaling every day or meditating every day or getting more sleep or whatever but picking one thing that you're going to focus on that you are excited to focus on and that you are doing for self-care reasons rather than that that kind of punishment reasons or because you want to achieve some some sort of goal doing it because you want to and you enjoy it and then seeing what else kind of falls in place like the dominoes falling what else falls in place when you concentrate on that one thing so give that a go let me know how you get on Um, and before we dive into Luana's story today um, and we had quite a long conversation about all kinds of things I guess I just want to uh, give a bit of a disclaimer Um, and, and this goes for every episode every guest that people are coming on and sharing their own stories, their own perspectives. And so sometimes they might talk about things that you don't believe, you don't agree with. So I sort of gave a disclaimer about Marilyn's episode last week, um, because it was, for want of a better word, a bit woo-woo, which might not be everyone's everyone's beliefs or cup of tea. Um, but also people are sharing their experience, their perspective on a situation. And Whatever we are doing in our life, whatever our choices are, they do have an impact on the people around us. And that's not to say that we shouldn't be living our best life and making the choices that make sense to us, but they do still have an impact on the people around us. and you know your your worldview, your belief, that is your truth, that's your reality. And so when people are coming on, they are sharing their worldview and their reality and and basically, I guess what I'm trying to say, not very well, <laughs> is that people share their, their perspective. And so someone may be making a very legitimate life choice that has an impact on them. Uh, and so Luana talks about her marriage breakdown, and about her husband at the time, going through his own journey with his gender identity. And obviously, although she mentions her husband, this isn't about him and his story and his perspective because that's his story to tell. This is Luana's perspective on it, if that makes sense. So it, I guess it's just a little disclaimer that obviously people are sharing their stories, and although they might talk about other people, hopefully uh, it comes across as them sharing their perspective and their stance. Things and I've probably not done, <laughs> not explained that in a very articulate way at all. Uh, but hopefully, you kind of get where I'm coming from. That everyone that comes on is telling their own story, and you know to take from it what you want. Uh, same with the the tips. It's not prescriptive. It's seeing what works for you, uh, listening with an open mind, that kind of thing. So. That is it. That's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> We're going to dive in and I will be back super quick at the end. Hi, everyone. I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Luana, to the podcast. So welcome. And if you could introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about you, that would be great. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm really excited to be here. So my name is Luana. I'm originally from the UK. I'm living in Portugal at the minute with two homeschooled girls and lots of pets, which has been an adventure to say the least. Um, I run my own business, which is helping entrepreneurs to write books and
0: to get into the media. And that's me. Welcome. We're super excited to have you here and um, I guess that I'm just going to dive in with with quite a big thing you that you went through in your life and you lived wild for three months yeah (laughs) which just I mean I mean I'm sat at the moment in my nice comfortable bedroom recording this it's nice and warm so just like the idea of that kind of wild living is quite Removed from where I am now. So I'm just really interested to find out more about that experience. Yeah,
1: so um allow me to share how I ended up living in the ditch for three months. So I was in the UK. Um I had on the outside, had it all. Um I had a successful business, which was an acting academy. Um I was also working as an actress, mainly for horror. <laughs> I love a bit of horror and you know I I was married, two kids, had a nice house, nice car, you know I just on the outside it seemed like I had it all together and I was happy. Um, 13th of December three years ago um, my husband told me he was transgender and my life flew into chaos so when i got that news (laughs) it shocked me but i was supportive and i know that people are not going to be fully happy and fulfilled unless they're true to who they are Mm -hmm. and that's you know that's something i live by and it's something that i i want to bring out in other people and so when he told me this i I was shocked yes but also i was really proud because it takes guts (laughs) you know it it takes guts and you know so what happened happened and um, he went on on hormone treatment started living as a woman and all of that stuff this brought a lot of media attention to me um and it started because I was talking to a journalist around about, um, about a film I was in, actually. But the piece that went out, I think there was only one line about the film in it. You know, it was all around my, my personal life. And that's okay. You know, I, I knew to expect that. It, um, I did make a choice to talk about it and see what would happen. What happened was absolute mayhem. So (laughs) all of a sudden we were in, you know, all of the national newspapers, we had journalists, producers turning up at our door. Um, We agreed, you know, to go into a lot of national press, onto a breakfast show, um, documentaries on national TV. There was all of this stuff. And I think looking back, I or we decided, you know, we talked about this and we decided to do it to help other people. Looking back now, it was probably, on. I I can only speak for myself, I can't speak for for anyone else, but from, you know, from my perspective, it was more, I didn't see this at the time, but looking back now, I can see that I was distracting myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to face what was going on, and so, you know, there we were in the media, seen as you know people who were inspiring other people and encouraging other people and giving them hope and all of that, which is a great thing to do. Um, but in, at the same time, yeah, I was distracting myself fully. So anyway, this went on for six months. And by now, my husband and I had drifted apart we were still living together we were still the best of friends um but our relationship had evolved into friendship um but you know we were still very close and then he told me that actually um he wasn't going to carry on with the treatment he was going to go back to living as a man now that that I didn't know how to how to handle that. That that came as more of a shock than the first than the first thing because you know the way I saw it, and I knew I know now that a lot of this isn't true, but at the time I was thinking. So you've given up your marriage for this, but it, it's not even what you wanted. So what it was, I have no idea if he, if he was and is transgender. I don't know. You know, that's none, that's not my place to say. But what I can say from my perspective is that I was all over the place. We'd just done a documentary on, on national TV. Um, the press were wanting to talk to us about that and I couldn't handle it. And I ran off to Portugal. And I decided not to talk to the press. But what happens is if if the press wants to go with a story and you don't talk to them, it doesn't stop the story from going out. It just means that you don't get your input. And that was something that I learned the hard, hard way when in the headlines the next day was something I'd said in a documentary that was fully, fully taken out of context. And so it took me about two years after that to then go into helping other people into the media and to learn all of these lessons. But you know, what, what happened was, so I went off to Portugal there. I fell in love with a family friend who was already out there Um, and we're still together. We're very happy. And I, I just, you know, I went to Portugal and I just, I just thought this is where i want to be i signed for a house my husband and kids came over they lived in the house and al my partner um was he'd already been there a year he had some land and he was making it sustainable off the grid my big dream was to open an animal sanctuary so they worked together really well so i was like okay well i I'd always wanted to open an animal sanctuary. I didn't want to rely on donations. I wanted to build a business first to the point that could sustain an animal sanctuary. And that's what I'd managed to do. So the plan was that he would work on the sanctuary and I would fund it. Um, But yeah, you know, they, they came over again. Everything got intense. And I just wanted to be, I wanted nothing I don't know if this makes sense, you know, or if anybody listening can relate to this, but I felt like my head was so full, it was just full of other people's words and opinions and expectations, and I didn't know who I was anymore. So this is a thing, okay? If somebody comes out as being transgender or something like that, obviously they're having absolutely huge um ide- issues around their identity and they're having to completely relearn who they are and get to know them themselves but something that people don't talk about is so do the people who are close to that person all of a sudden the past decade of my life I was like whoa you know what what's gone on I didn't know who I was and that as well is true For people who are going through any sort of marriage breakup, you know, people who are going through divorce, all of a sudden they're going to look back on their life and they're going to think, or at at the time that they were in that marriage, and it creates, I don't know if uh, identity crisis is coming to mind, and I, I was wondering if that's too harsh, but actually I think that, I think it's quite... I think it's quite spot on. Well, that's how I felt anyway. I felt like I was having a full identity crisis and I needed to get to know myself again and I needed space. So I did something that people thought I was absolutely crazy for because despite running a business that was fully online, I went off to live in rural Portugal a two, hour, two and a half hour walk from any sort of civilization and did so where there was no running water, no power, definitely no internet. So every morning I was getting up early and I was doing this two and a half hour trek (laughs) to the nearest cafe so that I could charge with my devices and get some internet. Um, But what it meant was that yes I was still making sure I was in touch with the real world but only for a certain amount of time you know if I came back to work on the sanctuary which I love to do because I'd just sit there overlooking the woods and it was just fabulous and um, really you know it really put me at peace but once my devices were out of charge that was it it was gone that was it so for three months you know there, there was nothing we could charge a phone that's something we could do because we had solar panels but they weren't strong enough to charge a mac or anything else so what you know once the power so it, it taught me to be more focused and to get my work done quickly and then you know then i could do whatever i wanted where before then i was very much one of those people that hustled 24 7 you know and and I didn't give myself a break and I think at the most extreme I remember working 21 hours a day seven days a week I put a hell of a, a lot of pressure on myself and I wasn't functioning I wasn't functioning at all and it came to a head when I'm going off topic a little bit but this is quite a funny story I have to tell you this I I sent my little girl to school with what I thought was a sandwich, you know, in a packed lunch. She came home from school and said, Mum, why did I have an onion instead of a sandwich? What I'd done was I'd put a sandwich in the fridge and in her lunchbox was a chopped up onion. And the whole school came for a look and a laugh at this onion that I'd sent her with. So she saw the funny side, as did the rest of the school, but it was one of those moments that made me think wow well if i can't pack my little girl's lunchbox properly how in the world am i running running this business effectively and that that was something that that really made that hit home but yeah going back to to living wild it just it was hard it was very 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 challenging Um it was winter well at this, the beginning of it, it was winter. It was absolutely freezing. Portugal is lovely. At night, it gets much, much colder than you would think. It does get to sub-zero, especially where we were in, in the valleys. And so, you know, we had hats on, we had like so many layers just to get to sleep and Oh, there was wild boars. We'd hear the wild boars, you know. We wouldn't see them in the day, but at night we'd just hear them surrounding the uh, we we were in a ditch. <laughs> we were in a ditch. We did have a bed in this ditch. We had a bed and we had a camping stove and we had a polytunnel to cover us, and that's it. So at times it was incredibly challenging for me to it was I could handle it apart from when it was something to do with my business. Like, for example, if, um, if I'd been offered an interview and I had nowhere I could take that interview. I, I did do them at the local cafe, but what I found very quickly was that it was just, there was too much background noise. And I, I, I had 4G on my phone, but it wasn't reliable enough in the valley to, to know if it was going to be good enough. So after three months, that's why I moved out and I'll But that's when I, I moved, not even back to the original house. Um, and I want to make it clear as well, you know, this wasn't a rags to riches story. I had two houses, one in Yorkshire, one in Portugal. I chose not to live in either of them and then I rented another apartment so that I could have my own space Um, so that's where I moved to after that and I found it to be incredibly healing very challenging but an experience that I would never ever forget we tend to take things for granted I'll never ever take for granted again simple things like putting on the tap and having running water there's one day that stands out where it was 40 degree heat Um, this was I think it was the middle of August it was 40 degree heat and we'd run out of water so we needed to go you know to the nearest village to pick up some water two and a half hours walk so doing that in 40 degree heat with no water and it was just so hard you know and I was in a position where I didn't have transport because I'd chosen not to I have now but at the time I I didn't want any (laughs) so so that but I could have you know if it got too bad I could have picked up a phone and, and picked called a taxi but I didn't so it really gave me appreciation for what we do take for granted and for people in other countries who don't have you know they might have to walk longer than that like four or five hours and they also don't have the luxury of knowing that if it gets too much that they can call a taxi they don't have that and so that got me thinking about other things that i'd like to do in in future you know to help bring water to you know third world to villages in, in third world countries and stuff like that um but yeah from a mindset perspective it was absolutely transformational transformational it gave me appreciation so now on my darkest days i can look back and i can go you know what i've got running water I've got power, I've got a house. And other things were that there's nothing like just surrendering to nature and just watching the stars and being surrounded with trees and, you know, animals and wild animals and nobody else, nobody else's opinion or, you know, not having to worry about, saying the wrong thing or offending somebody or judgment or having to fit into society and i'd recommend that everybody does something like this but maybe not for three months do it for a weekend see how that goes first three months was a little bit crazy especially considering that i'm running an online
0: business but you know what i did it um and i'm really happy that i did (laughs) (laughs) I think it's amazing, just generally amazing, but there are so many bits that I I wanted to pick up on. But I I do think it's amazing that you manage to maintain your business at the same time and a business that is so connected and and so reliant on that whilst being so so disconnected. But I think some of the things that you talked about, that being in nature and that greater appreciation for the things that you have in your life, that gratitude, are things that are really powerful just generally for for our well-being i think one thing that really struck me is sort of said about having a bit of an identity crisis with you know what you'd gone through with the, the ending of your marriage and, and all of that and then it it was almost like you know going into ditch you stripped away so much of your life so you kind of i don't know just something about that you would kind of lost who you were, but then you we're even more removed from stuff. And I guess maybe you were just with yourself to try and find yourself again. And I thought that was just really interesting that sometimes when we lose ourselves, I don't know whether we try and surround ourselves with more things or we're trying to, and it's almost like you just shut everything else away just to really figure out who you were and just be with yourself. I don't know if that sounds.
1: Yeah, that was exactly it. Um, you know for for hours a day sometimes I would just sit with my thoughts and that's a really hard thing to do isn't it you know um my natural response was always to avoid you know if if something was on my mind I'd avoid I spent a decade in my 20s where I was oh I was the ultimate party girl you know I was avoiding on a massive massive scale and I didn't want to go back into anything like that so it made sense for me to be disconnected so that I wasn't I didn't have other people's opinions I didn't have you know but even though I did still I was still in contact with the world because I was still working which meant I was still on, you know, my business relies really on social media and being connected with people. So I was still there, but then just having that time to myself, just to tune in and I guess to be disciplined enough as well to actually not fall into the habit of avoiding in other ways, because I I recognize that that's what i had done. That's for, for that full six months with everything, with, with the press flurry, that's what I, I was doing, I was avoiding. I was avoiding and telling myself that it was just because I want to help other people. And yes, I want to help other people, and that's a great thing, but it was also about me avoiding what was really going on. And um, yeah, so I, I just spent that time sometimes just sitting and thinking for hours and just letting thoughts come up and then letting them drift off and just noticing what was going on in my mind and not trying not to attach too much meaning to, to what was happening um, and yeah I found it really really healing mean, the, the only reason that I moved out do you know what there's something about waking up in the open air and just having that fresh air first thing in the morning the sunshine waking you up and you know the wind even though it was freezing sometimes but just just waking up like that there was something unreal about him that's the natural way you know that's that's what as humans are meant to live like really so it, it but the only reason i brought it to an end Uh, because we've still got the land now the only reason it, it came to an end for me was because of the business it got to a point where I thought right you know I've done this healing now I feel like I'm transforming you know we're never fully transformed are we it's always a process um, I felt like I'd reached a stage where I just really wanted to put more focus into my business. And so that's what I did. And that's when I started working with people on media as well, because it clicked. Oh, hang on. Why did that happen? It happened so that I can pass on that knowledge and to other people and be able to support them. Because the, the thing that we do differently to, say, big PR agencies is that we have a lot of support. We have a maximum number of 10 at a time. So, you know, we, we can offer, we don't just pitch and forget we're there to hold their hands throughout, regardless of what happens and to help them through any situation and to make sure that they're confident with how they're dealing with the media. So, you know, it brought me to that. So it's what we take from these experiences, isn't it? it you know, it's not what happens, but it's, it's what we can take from them and be able to move on and something I'm aware of in myself I tend because I know that on a logical level I tend to sometimes try to rush through the process so I've had another couple of knocks big knocks more recently um, and I, fa- I noticed that something I do is I try to skip the steps Something will happen and I'll go, oh, okay, well, I know why. That had to happen without really processing it. I tried to rush it. So that's something that I'm aware of and that I'm trying to, um, that I'm tra-
0: working on at the minute.
1: <laughs> so I don't know if you
0: can resonate with that. Absolutely. But I think that, that self-awareness that you have is amazing. I think that's so important to recognize for yourself. The, the things that you fall into whether it's distracting yourself from actually processing things or trying to rush through um, and I suppose or I wonder whether you know if you are someone who tends to try and rush through you know, in that situation where you just for most of the day are alone with your thoughts you can't escape from it you have to sit and and process it and, and go through feeling the emotions thinking the thoughts But that's how healing happens, isn't it? That's how you can kind of move through it and get to where you are. Exactly. Yeah. you. And it hurts, doesn't it? That's why a lot of people don't do it, because it
1: hurts. Yeah. It's really, really painful. Mm. You know, like, I had a couple of knocks more recently, and it's just brought up all of these feelings again of, you know, shame and guilt and... Um, feeling silly you know like why did I not see that coming and and I guess beating myself up so again it's just being really aware of not blocking out those thoughts but just being aware of them and not attaching particular stories to them you know like (laughs) yeah I'm, I'm just being comfortable as well figuring out what what's going what's going on there in, in my subconscious you know what what is it what does that mean really tuning in and going into meditation and that's something that wh- that's another place where I find um, that I, I block myself sometimes. Where I go into med- meditation and all of the symptoms, I'll remember everything I need to do and I'll get excited and I, I'll want to go, oh, screw this. I've got a million things to do. But I really, really have to be disciplined enough to go, no, 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 no. You haven't reached there yet. There's There's always that point of discomfort before i fully let go does that
0: make sense mm. well that is one of the defenses isn't it that mm. down to meditate this is a time when all of that stuff is going to come up those feelings those emotions the things you need to process and actually if i've got a massive to-do list that i'm really excited about i'm not even going to do the other stuff which is harder so it's it's it is uh, unconscious like protecting us like oh we won't we won't deal with that hard stuff this, this other stuff instead and i wonder whether you know if you if you hadn't had this this three month uh, experience do you think you would have been able to reach the the point of healing you've got to with all of the life distractions or do you think that there was something about just not having them that really enabled you to to heal
1: I needed that experience. Um, I don't think without it that I would have, that I would have done as much healing. I found it just to be completely transformational and it's constant work. I still, you know, I, I, I get anxiety a lot. I have sank into depression um but it's it was just I, I struggled to put it into words but no but the answer is no there's no way I would have reached the level I'm at now um and in saying that you know I'm not implying at all that I've reached this amazing level it's a journey and it's a journey I'm still on and that I'll always be on um, but what I can say is that I'm I'm a different person now. I even changed my name. I changed my name during that time because I couldn't relate to my old name anymore. That's how much, that's how much I changed mm. during that time. Oh, it, it just kept coming to me like, I, who is that person? Like, I, I don't want that name and I, I, <laughs> I
0: changed my full name. So yeah there really is like a you know a, a transformation a kind of a maybe new identity or you know discovering this new this new youth from that yeah yeah definitely i mean
1: everything had changed you know my marriage had evolved i was in a new relationship um i'd moved countries you know i'd come from everything that I, everything i knew you know i left my family my friends um I had a business in the UK, left it. Um, just everything I knew, and it was it was in a in a heartbeat. It was like everything just happened so quickly. I came out here to clear my head, and next thing I knew, I was like, right, we're moving to Portugal. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it all happened so quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and yeah. I've lost my train of thought now. I can't even remember what you asked. I've got no idea if I answered that question. Let me know if I didn't.
0: Do you know what? I was listening to you. I've lost it as well. I don't know. But The one thing I was thinking, um, as as you were saying about that, that experience, was we've kind of talked on that space that you had to be with your thoughts. But I think also there is something, like you said, a mindset experience when you go through something which doesn't have to be living well for three months it could be like a big sporting event or a big challenge painful something that you maybe initially didn't think was possible and you've got through that challenge and you've had to you know you could have backed out you could go i'm not running the marathon or "I'm, i'm gonna phone for a taxi but you've found that inner strength to stay with it and so i think that's like a massive part of it as well it sounds like as well that experience of challenging yourself in some way and going, actually this is what I'm capable of if I really try
1: yeah definitely definitely and you know going into that sort of challenges I did something similar a few years ago because I noticed a pattern in myself and this pattern was that I would complete things up to 95% and then I'd sabotage the whole thing And I know a few people listening to this are going to relate with that. It's very common. So something I did was decide to get my black belt in kickboxing. And that was something that didn't come easy to me. I was very, very, I'd always been fit, you know, I'd always been fit, but I had a fear of being hit, you know i like most people have, come on, who wants to be hit but i had i it re, I found that when I was sparring, I was freezing, so obviously you know that's the fight of flight or freeze response but freezing's no good, is it? you know you <laughs> freeze you get that's no good in a sparring match, so that was something I really had to get over, and it actually took me. Uh, two years from the point where I was told I was ready to take my black belt to actually taking it because what happened was every time I went in for it I'd get injured I'd get ill something would happen externally work would get really busy or whatever and it took two years for me to think why does this keep happening and then I went ah. they're not external circumstances at all so I had to accept responsibility for that and I had to and this is a hard thing to do isn't it because we don't want to do this as humans do we but I had to I had to look at myself and had to go why am I getting ill because every time it was coming up to the black belt test I was overtraining. I was you know training once or twice a day six times a week and my body couldn't handle that so i was getting ill and i was getting injured and then i wasn't able to take the test um and with work you know what was going on there felt like it was out of my control but was it really so then i had to go well what's going on there okay when i'm booking in for my black belt test and i've got the date i'm taking on more people i'm taking on more responsibilities more more commitments so that by the time it gets to the black belt test not only am i exhausted ill and injured from the overtraining but also i've been doing all of this extra work that i didn't need to do it wasn't an accident and as soon as i accepted that and i realized that this was my my freeze response um on my avoidance then I took my test I I did my black belt test and I got through it and I I cried from about 15 minutes in (laughs) but I did it and it was and that as well was a hugely transformational experience to me you know I think anything that that challenges us so it doesn't have to be three months in the wild it can be Doing a black belt in in martial arts, it can be, it can be um, a marathon. It can be running for a mile. You know, it can be just, just anything that feels hard, but that we know we can do if we set our mind to it. And then it's just having the discipline, then and being aware that those thoughts are going to come up saying, "Ah, just forget it. Oh, this is boring now. Let's move on to something else." That looks shiny over there. Let's do that instead. We're bored of this now. Oh, what's the point? You know, it's just being aware that those voices that, that come into our head are there to take us off track. And we've got to be bigger than those voices. I call them, I, everyone's got a different word for them. You know, I call them the leveling up monkeys because I, they're really, they shout the loudest to me whenever I'm wanting to level up in some way that's when they're there shouting at me telling me all of these things mm-hmm. so you know I, th- I think it's important as well to to say here that when these things come up that pushing them away isn't going to help you know you push them away they're going to come back they're going to be sneaky about it but they're going to come back in mm-hmm. some way or another and This is, and I recognize that in the past, you know, in the in the decade of my partying, that's what it was. It was my brain going, "Hey, stay small, stay where you are." And if I was trying to go against that, it was, "Let's distract you with alcohol and wild parties and anything else we can get our hands on." So, you know, so the way is. And do let me know if, if, you know, what your take is on this, if you agree with this. But it's to get them on your side. It's to whatever you call these monkey voices in the head. But it's to actually get them on the side, have a conversation with them. So that it's like like training dogs. It's like training dogs, isn't it? If there's a dog in a room and... It's shouting for your attention, shouting, barking, you know what I mean, barking for your attention because it thinks there's a danger and it thinks unless it alerts you to this danger that you're going to die. So, you know, if you just ignore it and it thinks that this danger is going on, it's going to keep, it's going to keep trying to get your attention in other ways and it might ease off, but then it's going to start again. It's going to be ready to erupt. Where if you go into that room and you you show the dog that you're in control, so if it's barking at the postman or whatever, you go to the window, you say, you know, it's okay, I've got this, you show yourself to be the leader. Well, it's the same for these leveling up monkeys or whatever you want to call them. You know, you, you get them on side, you, you show them that you're capable. You're not the same you that you were when you were seven. And these fears were formed probably at, around that time or younger. So, you know, so we're being controlled by, by these seven-year-old beliefs that were created. And, and <laughs> the only way is to, to calm them and to work with them rather than pushing them away.
0: I think in your, in your example there, if you've got these almost like the childlike fear voices, you're, by being controlled, you're being an adult. And you're like, no, nope, I've got it thanks for the message. thanks for the warning back. so, yes. they're not controlling you, and you feel a sense of control, I guess to the extent that we can ever feel in control of. exactly, because they're not working
1: against us, are they? they're just they're alerting us to what they think is is danger. I mean, without them, we'd be dead. That's the yeah. fact. Without them, we'd be dead, so let's stop trying to push them away, and instead, let's work alongside them. And I found that to be a lot more, a lot more effective. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect. I have a wobbly every now and again. Um, But what has changed is that now I'm aware of it. I'm aware that I'm behaving irrationally at times I'm aware that my thoughts are just my thoughts. It doesn't make them real. And I'm aware that I create stories and meanings from things that don't have those meanings. Mm. So I'm aware of it. So instead of where in the past I might have snapped or freaked out or something now, I'll just go, okay, I'm feeling like I want to freak out about this. But instead, I'm going to go off on my own. And I'm going to tune in for a while, and then deal with it afterwards. So then I can bring myself back into a more more rational thought. Because you know, when emotions are high, we can't think straight, can we? It's definitely not a time to confront somebody or make
0: any sort of decision. I think the um, the self awareness and the self reflection is is so important for for mindset for you know just generally. And I think. I wanted to come back to your um, your black belt example and the, the kind of two things that you said that you were doing because I thought that was really interesting because the overtraining it's p- possibly you know consciously you kind of think I'm just I'm just getting ready this is this yes. is tiring. this is me I'm going to achieve it and not realizing that actually underneath that is an overtraining because then you get injured and you won't have to face the reality of yes thing. But then the other one is that they're completely unconsciously putting those barriers in the way of being too busy, and it was just that contrast of the conscious thing that you're doing, feeling like you're preparing, but even that, as well as the unconscious block, kind of like, no, actually, I'm not really ready to to do this thing because the you know the change of what that means or or whatever. So I feel like I'm working towards it, but actually. <laughs> getting in my own way and I yeah I thought it was a great example of that thing that we that we can all do that we think we we want something we think we're working towards it yes something we're not aware of that is stopping us for some reason
1: that's it and it's
0: it's so hard to
1: recognize that at the time isn't it Mm. it's so hard and you know I I um I always have a coach you know I always have somebody to pull me up on these kind of things and that's that's been invaluable to me and I, I wouldn't have it otherwise mm-hmm. um but, you know when we are in that situation it's like well yeah it's like you said you know logically I was working hard towards my black belt test because I wanted to be as fit as I could be so mm-hmm. my intentions were good but yeah underneath that way down in my subconscious was my my monkeys who had other ideas so Mm. i'm convincing me that i was doing the right thing you know but they they were convincing me that i was doing the right thing Mm. um
0: so yeah i think that being able to reflect on it like like you did can be quite difficult for us to recognize this sabotaging pattern in ourselves unless you said it took you two years to get the belt unless it's this repeated pattern and then it's maybe a bit easier for us to see if we actually confront it but I think that's where working with a coach or working with a therapist depending on what it is you're working through is really valuable because they are separate to it so they're maybe better at being able to recognize the patterns that, that we don't see for ourselves because we It's just really difficult to notice them in yourself.
1: It really is. It really is.
0: The human brain
1: is an expert at fooling us into thinking we're always right. So if we have an idea, the brain's just going to send us a load of information to to support that, and and you know to convince us that what we're doing is the right thing. So it's very very hard to spot in ourselves and when i work with clients there's okay so i i help people to to write books entrepreneurs in particular and there's a phenomenon <laughs> that i talk about a lot which is called bookzilla now this happens in every 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 new author without fail they'll get to a certain part of their book or just before release and they'll decide they hate their book, they'll get bored of it, they'll freak out, decide they hear everything about it, they'll they'll feel anger, anger comes up towards the people who are trying to help them, including me. And um all of the all of these things just erupt, it's like a big ball of chaos. And I saw this happening time and time and time and time again. And now I I talk about it all the time now. So when the authors come to me, and it happens in media as well, but when they come to me now, I talk to them about it and I say, look, this is what is likely to happen. If you notice these thoughts, if you start to feel this anger or this sudden hatred towards your book, you come to me straight away and we work on it. And you know, since since I've brought that in, it's been really effective. Because what I was finding was that people would start writing a book and then they'd just leave it. They would, they'd get to a certain point and they'd leave it and sometimes not even come back to it. And that's when I realized that book and media coaching needs to be about so much more because both things are so transformational. Without the right support, people are going to self-sabotage. The book isn't going to be released. People are going to be offered a major feature where you know what they've always wanted, and they're going to not turn up, or something's going to happen, or they're going to avoid their emails or not confirm. You know these things happen. Mm -hmm. So it's only with the right support that we can help to you know for people to to level
0: up. Yeah, well, isn't that a a great example, isn't it, of that focusing on that external of I hate the book, I hate this and that really underneath i imagine for a lot of them is that fear of it is not good enough what are people going to think and so they just hate it because that's an easier thing yeah. to process than the risk of putting something out there and it not being good enough exactly yeah it
1: always comes back to the fear of judgment and criticism always yeah, and I think that that's so common as well, isn't it? You know, even the people who are saying, Oh, I don't care what people think, I find quite often they're the ones who care the most about what people think. And
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't it? Sometimes that, yeah. you know, it's oh, I, you know, I'm the the really confident, I don't, I don't care. Mm. Actually sometimes that is just a protective barrier that they yes, to to what people say totally and
1: with with you mentioning just then about how somebody can look very confident this is something that's become so apparent for me in, in the past couple of years so the people I work with are super successful six seven multi seven figure earners um they're doing incredible things you know anyone would look at them and think wow and over and over again i see what's behind that exterior i see the doubts i see the fears i see that they're just like anybody else there's no difference the only difference is that they are constantly working working on their self-development and they're constantly moving forward but it doesn't mean that they don't have meltdowns it doesn't mean that they Aren't scared
0: of what people think. It just means that they they've learned to handle it better. I think you know, no matter how successful people are, and I think particularly people who are in in the public eye that you see a lot who have these amazing careers, they are still human, and I think yeah, of being human that we you know we relate to other people. That's how we function, and we're a social creature, so we want to be accepted and and anything that's gonna threaten that like judgment criticism it's it's upsetting for them yeah you know no matter what you have got from what people look at from the outside you can still feel not good enough and i think yeah totally
1: it goes i mean it's in ourselves isn't it you know centuries ago not being accepted into a group would have meant death you know so that's still there in ourselves on some level so I think it takes a massive amount of courage for somebody to go against the norm and to do something different um, and to be really improving themselves and you know doing things like writing books and getting into the media and or whatever else it is that they want to achieve you know whether it's setting a business or doing a particular sport or you know whatever it is it takes a lot of courage because they're leaving behind who that person was and that comes with a grieving process stepping into a new level doesn't just happen it comes with mourning the old you
0: mm. I'm really glad you said that because it is I think we, we sometimes think about this self-development those positive changes as being all good you know moving forward but there is mm. grieving like you said of, of the the old you and it might be that some parts of you are like yes let's move forward and some parts onto mm. that that old identity but it also does take a lot of courage and I think that's really important to appreciate that even if you know someone wants to make changes that are leading in a positive direction in their life it's still hard it still takes a lot of courage and you still have to you know let go of you know who you were before and and I think there might be things that that you've done in your life that maybe don't serve you particularly well but they did have a purpose they were protecting you in some way and to away from those you have to let go of that which is difficult so I think it's really important to remind people that you know, on any journey, you have those bumps, like you said, because that's what life is like. It is difficult. There are exactly pull you back, but it's having that courage, I guess, to just pick yourself back up and reflect on it and, and keep going. And I think your story of what you sh- you know shared just really just exemplifies that that process of having courage and you know becoming self aware and just kind of. Keeping going even when you've had, had challenges, so thank you so much for sharing everything. I felt like we just dived in really deep with <laughs> the big stuff, but <laughs> it's the best way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to just like tiptoe around it, like you know, just jump in. <laughs> um, damn right, yeah. <laughs> I have some set questions that I ask everybody on the podcast, I'd love to hear uh-huh. your thoughts on. So, the first one is what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy in your life music is one
1: you know if, if I feel like I need to be energized or I feel myself sinking, putting the right music on is something that really really helps and also going out getting away I'm, I'm on you know personally I'm on my laptop a lot so it's getting away from that as well and and going for a walk or something you know just having a change of scenery doing something different um Mm. but yeah music is really really powerful and also
0: writing as well Yeah. Uh, my next one sometimes similar sometimes not uh, is what makes life meaningful for you
1: What makes life meaningful? I've always wanted to live in a way where I feel like I've got freedom. And so that's what I've created. You know, I've I've created a life where I can move, you know, work from wherever I like, where I only get to work with the most amazing people. and. So I guess the quick answer there would be the people that I surround myself with and the people who I choose to, to bring into my space. You know, I, I care massively about people. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I've got two, two little girls. I want to I want to show them what's possible. I want to show them that they don't have to accept a mediocre life, you know, that they can be anything that, that they want to be. And, um, yeah, so I guess going back to your question, fulfillment, mm. being fulfilled and being able to, to impact people, whether that's my family, my friends, or the people in my close circle, or people I don't even know, you know, people are going to be listening to this mm. who I don't even know and I might never hear from. So, but yet they, something I've said might spark something in them to create change or mm. they might resonate with something that I've said and they might say, Oh, okay. Uh, something, the most powerful text or it was on messenger that I got ever got was um from somebody saying that they they felt suicidal but that I'd given them hope I didn't know who this person was you know it wasn't somebody I'd ever had any you know ever spoken to I didn't know them at all and that's when it hit me like how powerful it is to be getting out there I'm reaching people beyond the people who are in my circle. Like you, we, we don't know who we can impact. So that, that's what gives my life meaning is mm. being able to create some sort of impact on some level. You know, if I impact one person in my lifetime, then that's one person who will then impact more and more and more. And, more. and the, the ripple effect is created. Mm. And that's, that's what my life is about. And I go about that in different ways. You know, at the minute I'm uh, helping people with books and media, in the past I've been acting and helped other people to to act, which again, was doing that in a different way. So, but whatever path I choose or whatever path I've been on, it's always led to that same thing of wanting to create change, Mm. positive change, of course. Absolutely,
0: it's amazing. yeah, I think the the message you are saying that you're you're trying to give your daughters, I think that's an amazing message you know, to give them about not accepting a mediocre life. And yeah,
1: and you know,
0: kids don't listen to
1: what they're to- told; they watch what they see. Yeah, and, and they, they
0: make their own decisions on that. Yeah, well, I think they also feel what the situation is like. So you know, if you're saying something, they might not you know, necessarily resonate with that, but if they can feel that opportunity or that there aren't, there aren't limits to what they can achieve, even without being consciously aware of that, that's the message they're getting, I think that's really, really powerful. And I think, you know, when we put stuff out into the world like this, you know, we've kind of created it, but, you know, people could be listening to the same message in, in essence the same message lots of times but just the way that one person says it just suddenly clicks and resonates. And I think we don't appreciate it, you know how powerful it can be and that that you know we're all different and we might just need to hear it in a slightly different way for it to really click. And so I think yeah it's great that you're sharing your experiences and sharing you know your story and and all that and thank you for for joining me to talk about it thank you for having me yeah i still have more questions that felt like I was. oh go for it, it. On, <laughs> i was like I'm not <laughs> um so my next question we talk a lot about mental well-being on the podcast so it's actually two questions um so the first is what does mental wellness mean to you and the second is how do you look after your own mental well-being so for me mental
1: wellness doesn't mean that we feel happy and full of joy and energized the whole time it just means that we're able to you know to function to the best of our ability and when these emotions come up and you know when negative thoughts come up or whatever that we can deal with them that we don't go into avoidance you know that we don't reach for the wine bottle or go for a netflix binge or whatever it is that we face what's happening and that we move through it seamlessly um i know that when something used to happen to me like if if i had i used to be affected really badly if i had say negative comments online it would knock me off track for ages and now it still hurts, it still hurts, but it, it doesn't have that effect anymore. So for me, it just means be, being aware of ourselves and knowing how to, to pull ourselves out of the dark, dark hole, you know, out of the darkness and taking responsibility for that as well because sometimes it can be easier to let ourselves fall into that pit of darkness it can be even though it it hurts it it can be more comfortable if it's what we've always done it's what we've always known um it means you know while w- well, we create these stories as as to what what it means you know maybe somebody's afraid of success and so it's easier to stay in that dark pit or um maybe somebody just feel is feeling this is from you know personally for me i was feeling under a lot of pressure and i noticed that when i had off days even though i felt full of pain and just total darkness at least I had no pressure nobody was expecting anything of me anymore so it was kind of a relief as well so then I started working on well how to manage that pressure and yeah so now I can get myself out get myself out of these situations not always quickly not always um but I know I have a I know how to get myself out of them now Mm. and it doesn't mean that I don't hurt it doesn't mean that it's easy but it, it means that I know that even if it to me even if it looks like everything's dark and there's no way forward I know that's I just need to ride it through and I'm going to come out the other end um, so to me, that's what mental wellbeing is. it's just is not to you know feel great all the time, but to be able to handle things and to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the other one? How do you look what, after your own Okay, so I'm very careful with who and what information I surround myself with. So I don't watch the news. I don't talk to people who, you know, want to talk about negative things all the time. And that's not me pretending these things aren't happening. Um, it's me not wanting to focus on them if there's nothing I can do. If there's something I can do, I'm there. But if there's nothing I can do about a situation and it's just hearing about this awful thing that's happened to somebody, it doesn't place any, it, it doesn't do anybody any good. I'm more. I'm more beneficial to the world if I stay in a more positive frame of mind, and I can, you know, create some sort of, of positive impact or influence. Um, so yeah, um, I I stay away from people who moan and complain all the time. <laughs> you know whether that's in real life social media or whatever i'm very very careful with who i allow into my space and if you know if i find i pay very close attention to how i feel when i'm around people or when they pop up on my social media and if i get a a drained sort of feeling or an irritated feeling then I'll I'll remove that person from my life with love you know I don't it just means that we're different people now and we're heading in different directions um yeah but if they have done something you know that that I can't come back from then again I'll just remove them from my life and sometimes that's a painful thing to do I miss people now who have removed from my life but I know, I still know that it was the right thing to do. So, yeah. And then, you know, more on a more day to day basis, it's uh, uh, getting out into the sunshine and exercising. Oh, uh, exercise every day. Do something. Keep active every day. Our bodies are designed to move. If they're not moving, we're going to get into a rut. So you know, always exercise, <laughs> and I don't mean you know. I, I love keeping fit, but other people might not. Uh, but still, do some sort of movement. Go for a walk or something. That's mm-hmm. I. I feel, I feel like I start sinking if I don't exercise. If I haven't exercised for a couple of days, mm-hmm. for sure. So that's something that I need to make sure that I'm regular regularly
0: exercise is something that we've talked about quite a few times on the podcast it's something that I know Mm. for me and quite a few guests will mention the benefit they find from it um and then I just wanted to touch on um the thing you were saying about friends or, or people in your life and that you're very conscious of who you have around you in your life and I think it's really interesting what you said that even if if someone is possibly bringing you down or they have a a negative impact on you removing that friendship can be painful but it's it's part of that how you look after yourself and I think sometimes we don't do things that are good for us because they're painful and I think that with friendships and relationships is a big example isn't it that there'll be something that maybe no isn't working but it's painful to deal with it and we just don't to deal with it and so. that's it yeah so I think it's great yeah you.
1: completely and can I, I'd also like to clarify what what I just said there as well mm-hmm. so when I say about removing you know negative people and, and that sort of thing I definitely don't mean people who are having a hard time
0: mm-hmm. or
1: people who have depression or anxiety or that's not what I mean at all what I do mean uh you know when have you have you heard about the the crab theory okay so for anyone who might not have heard about the crab theory it's a bucket of crabs and okay if, if there's a bucket of crabs imagine they're at a market or something like that if one crab tries to escape the others will do absolutely anything they can to drag that crab back into the bucket. They'll put, even pull its legs off. You know, they will do whatever it takes to pull that crab back in. And humans can do the same thing as well. Like if you're, if you're in a circle and you decide that you want to do something different, then that can... Create fear in people, and what that fear does is it, it gets them wanting to pull you back. So that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. That's the it's kind of you know those, those toxic relationships. Yeah. It's like if somebody's trying to stop drinking alcohol, and they've got that friend going, "Oh, don't be boring. Come on, just have one. Just have," you know, no, like that that person is not looking out for your best interests they're being selfish, they're looking for themselves, they're scared. So, you know, so if you want to go and do that thing that's good for you, then it'll probably be of an idea to distance yourself from that person.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my next question for you, and we've, we've touched on, um, on this a few times throughout the podcast, but could you describe your own mindset?
1: I'm very self-aware. Very, very self aware, sometimes to the point of it being annoying, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. sometimes I will repeat patterns and I'll be fully aware that I'm doing it, but I won't be able to stop. Um, And that's something that I'm working on, of course. Uh, But as a whole, I think that I've had so many obstacles thrown in my way, as all of us have. Um, But some of these things have just knocked me so much. Some of them I haven't even spoken about uh, publicly yet, but I will do when when I've healed. I don't talk about things until I've healed. Um, And I found that with each one, I felt like it's been the end. I felt like there's no way forward. And every time I have been able to ride it through and see it through to the end or you know to the to where it all becomes clear and then to recognize why it's happened and to be able to learn and grow from that experience Mm. Um, so my own mindset I would say is a work in progress absolutely miles away from where I was
0: Mm. when
1: I started on my personal development journey which was five years ago I'm a completely different person in every way, <laughs> mm. in a better way. You know, I don't, don't avoid things anymore. I face them head on and I'm constantly moving forward now, even if it sometimes feels like I'm moving back. Like mm. there was, there was a, a couple of months ago now where in my business, it looked like I was starting to go backwards, but actually it wasn't. It was me getting clearer, on the people I wanted to work with and clearer on my message and so I was putting out a different vibe out there so the people who I had been talking to it wasn't resonating with them anymore so there was that period where I had to to wait for the people I did want to call in to you know to pay attention so sometimes it can and it's happened before with things like um I haven't been employed now since 2006 a very long time but before then I you know I remember when I was in employment I'd go I'd be at one place of work and I'd be pretty well paid but I wasn't happy there so then I'd shift into another job and have to work my way from the bottom again so those sorts of things they can feel like you're going backwards but actually you're not, you know, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So my next question is, I always ask the guests on the podcast to leave the listeners with between one and three strategies that they can put in place in their life that are going to have a massive impact. So do you have one to three things that you would recommend that people people try or people put in place?
1: Yes, I'm going to say challenge yourself. Find out what the hell you are capable of and make the commitment of seeing it through, especially if you're similar to how I was, where you you find that you complete things to 90 95% and then shiny object syndrome hits or you get bored and move on to the next thing. Challenge yourself to see something through show your brain like that you see things through now and you know put yourself through something that is going to be that you're going to get that you're going um, to transform as a result of so you know it can be something physical it can be something me- um mental it can be can be going off to the wild maybe not for three months maybe for a weekend it could be going on a silent retreat it could be um, it could be something as simple as going out and and meeting a new group of people, you know, going out with a new group of people. But it's just something that will challenge you and that you know you'll feel good for. So that's one. Number two, go, um, I'd go back to what we were talking about earlier, which is getting into nature and tuning in with yourself and tuning in with nature. It just gives you this incredible feeling of knowing how significant and powerful you can be, but also how completely insignificant you are, you know? And I get that feeling most of all when I'm in water. Like if I'm, if I'm on a boat and I can't see any land and I look out into the ocean, it hits me how completely... Even though my whole life purpose is about creating an impact, I realized then how insignificant I actually am, but also significant. But anyway, it's, it's a really, really powerful feeling. Um, so I'd recommend anybody to completely immerse themselves into nature go back to who we are you know when we go on these roads of self-discovery it's not about finding a new person it's about coming back to who we are without society's expectations and without all of that conditioning that we've had from you know from before we were born so that's number two number three number three exercise Exercise, listen to some upbeat music, something motivational while you're doing it. Um and make it a habit. Make it a habit so it becomes, you know, it
0: comes as naturally to you as brushing your teeth. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for those. And I um particularly the challenge yourself one is something that I've been thinking about giving myself a challenge. And last year I was like, oh, setting a challenge. And I have been a little bit slow uh, to start, (laughs) although I have now started working towards it. So I think it's a really good reminder. What is it? So I have two actually. So I've always been like, oh, I'm not a runner. I don't like running. And logically, there is no reason why I can't run. So one of my challenges is not to run far, but just to be able to run. Maybe a 10K kind of feels like a, a challenge, but not too far. And also I, I love wild swimming. That's my wild thing that I do, but I'm not a fan of putting my face in the water and I want to do a Solent swim. So from Gosport to the Isle of Wight, which is three and a half or four miles. And I feel like I could breaststroke it, but front crawl, maybe be better. So I want to kind of get to a point where I can do that. So I've, um, <laughs> Not done a huge amount towards it, but I have now done a run and um got back into the water last weekend outside while swimming. So I feel like I'm making small, slow progress towards it. So it's just a really good reminder of actually, you know, if I'm telling myself I'm too busy, actually that's me getting in my own way and I can find time. Yes. Yeah. yeah definitely I love that (laughs) yeah Um. yeah so thank you for sharing this so my last question for you is how can people connect online if they want to find out more about you about the work that you do if they I know you only have a select number of clients (laughs) interested in working with you how can people find you
1: easiest way Facebook Luana Ribeira um, I'm always on there, I'm always happy to talk, you know, anybody listening to this, come and say hi, uh, let me know how you found the episode, let me know any questions you have, um, yeah, just shoot me a message on there.
0: And we can put a link in the show notes as well. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Yolanda, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you and finding out more about your story, and um, yeah, it's just been, it's been great, and I think you have so much courage self-awareness which is something that i've started to talk about more because it's so important and i think you really demonstrate how valuable it is to just be aware of yourself and, and what's going on in your head in your body that kind of thing so thank you so much for joining us thank you So thanks again to Luana and I'm really going to be conscious of time because already it's been quite a long episode but I hope you've got a lot out of it and I said about my challenge which is something I've mentioned before and so an update um this morning I went for a wild swim I didn't put my face in the water because the river ooh, it's um particularly as there's been some heavy rain recently I didn't really feel particularly safe doing it. And to be honest, I haven't done much on my face in the water challenge, but I have been swimming again consistently, although breaststroke. But I guess since recording this, I think, why can't I swim the channel breaststroke? Like, you know, enjoy it, enjoy the view, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. So I have been swimming, uh running. I have not been doing, I was going to say so much, but not really at all. But when I got back in from my wild swim earlier, I was in the shower and I was sort of thinking about my week of exercising, and I was like, I'm going to do Couch to 5k again. Uh, I was sort of st- stopped started before, but I sort of felt like maybe later I'm going to go for a run. So I'll let you know Wednesday, maybe, um, depending when I record the intro for that, <laughs> whether I've done it, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes, that I will have done it, because I'm feeling that's something I quite like to do, and it is not too hot today, so that's um I am nowhere near 10k I'm not running consistently but it's still something I have in my mind that I would like to do to challenge myself as I said before my kind of mindset challenge um but running isn't my passion in any way you know I love lifting weights I love wild swimming I like yoga uh, I like martial arts I like dance running for me isn't it and it could be Maybe that if I really committed to it, did the couch to 5k, that I would find a love for it. I'm not sure if that's true. (laughs) And so this is why we say, you know, it's about finding the thing that works for you, the thing that you are excited by, Um, the thing that you will get up in the morning for and yeah, be excited and want to do, not be forcing yourself to do. And for me, I can get up early. I got up early today on Sunday uh, at seven to go and swim in the river. I'm going to get up at six a week to go and lift weights in the gym. That is the thing that for me works and it gets me out of bed in the morning um, when I've gone to bed earlier. And, it, you know, but actually I I, I still go um, because I enjoy them. Uh, whereas, yeah, running might be it for you. <laughs> Not really for me. But anyway, uh, thanks again to Luana. And we would really appreciate it if you rate and review the podcast, if you've enjoyed it so that we can, we can be more visible uh, and more people can find us. And I will be back on Wednesday. I'm very excited about Wednesday's episode with Tracy uh, because this week as well, uh, I have been on Tracy's podcast. So it's kind of another crossover episode. We've done a couple of these before where we've released um an episode the kind of same week we did it with psyched the psyched podcast where i was on their show they were on mine in the same week which is very exciting uh so very exciting to have that conversation with tracy on wednesday and for you to hear that and check out the episode of the engaged empower educate podcast so her show i think that's the right way around <laughs> sorry if not um wednesday it will all become clear um but yeah check out her show um it's amazing um and yeah stay tuned for that and I hope you have a good couple of days hope you are looking after yourself being kind to yourself and to others and take care speak to you Wednesday